Will They Find a Home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. It's time for the Bits and Pieces Podcast. Featuring your hosts, Jesse Goldsman, Jessica Hooker, Jason Hossett, and Willie Griswold. Thank you, Mystery Man. Welcome to Bits and Pieces, the podcast that revisits our favorite Bob and Tom show comedy bits. We got Jessica, we got Jess, Jason, Willie, and we have a special mystery guest. Last time somebody just walked through the door... I don't know if I'm waiting for someone to walk through the door. No. Oh, yes. I think I know Yay! who it is. It's the sneakiest man in the building. Oh, my land of lakes. Is this the <laughs> podcast? There he is. He's Mark. He's Mike. He's Allison. Whatever. It's Mark uh, Allison, everybody. How you doing, man? I'm so happy you're here. I had no clue it was going to be you. Hey, everybody. Hey, buddy. I know it was him because I heard him in the hallway I tell know. Jason... I'm not doing any show prep. I'm not doing anything before this. I'm just going to come in. I don't want to know what's going on. Right, right, right. That's Yay, what you said. I'm That's such cool. a happy, giddy little girl right now. Yay. I love these shows. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy. <laughs> Alzi, you look like the little girl in Despicable Me who goes, it's so fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, man. We're so happy you're here. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, Mark, you've been in so many classic bits. Uh, Jason, do you want to go through a few Mark Allison characters? Should we wait until later? Or? Um, well, first of all, let's give a little background. Uh, I think, Mark, if I'm right, I think it's 25 years you've been here. 25 right? years in August. August. Oh, yeah. the August. Yeah. And that's And that's full time. Right, right, with the Bob and Tom show. I was here two years prior to that working uh, on the AM, doing sports at the top and bottom of every hour. That's I'm right. Mark Allison. <laughs> and so uh, Tom heard me. And uh, I sort of helped out behind the scenes a little bit. Mm -hmm. They were looking for some more help mm. on the show. I happened to be in the right place at the right time. Plus my unbelievable talents. Boom. Next yeah. thing you know. Yeah, I remember when I was an intern, you were doing mornings. And I came I came out a couple times and I'm, I'm Mark's grabbing the paper and he's doing all these things yeah. while in between doing his little stuff yeah, on the AM. Yeah, because at, at the time, back in the day, they used to carry the Bob and Tom show mm -hmm. locally on the AM as well on a simulcast. Mm -hmm. Double up on the commercials. Kind of smart, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. And then eventually they dropped off carrying it on the AM uh, locally. But by that time, I moved on to the FM. So. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have a little uh, medley of uh, Mark here. It's very, it's not super long, but it's uh, actually some of the bits we've done already. We're on episode, what are we, 31? What yeah. We? Is that what like episode that. So in the so previous Reggie 30 Miller episode. There we go. It is. It's there the Reggie go. Miller episode. One. And Reggie couldn't be here, but. <laughs> no, we got Mark. Yeah. Mike, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so I'll leave the mics open here and I'll just play this little piece here. Here you go, Crisco. <laughs> Paparazzi pizza. Oh, hi, can I... Uh, Smile! Uh, <laughs> little bit to the left. Move over here. I want your unit to back me up. <laughs> Are you angry with me? Well, let's just say I'm a little sore right now. <laughs> oh! Mr. <laughs> Fister! Fister. <laughs> 
There we go. And, and can, I have to ask before I mess this up, Jason. Is that? Let's start it off with something short and very obscure. No, that okay, is cool. not that. Perfect. Yes. No. Well, did yeah, you man. see a? Did you see a theme there throughout? Yeah, my, a little uh, bit. My bits. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you've been typecasted. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you're just so happy all the time, right? You're just always the happy, happy character. Always joyful. Uh, always ready to willing to read a script. So, yeah. do you remember your first bit, Mark? Um. I don't. I have a um, feeling Crisco is up there. It's yeah, got to be real early. That was. Amazing Crisco was probably the first one that I was involved in. But a lot of times things happen where Dean will walk in and say, mm-hmm. you know, here's a script. Come and record mm-hmm. with me whenever. And you just mm-hmm. sort of do it. And mm-hmm. you're just doing your lines. Sure. Right. And, and he, yeah. the masterful Dean Metcalf puts it all together mm-hmm. and suddenly it's radio legend. And you just don't really realize it because you're kind of just reading a script, doing the lines. And the next thing you know, it's like on the air. Sometimes they laughed and it was great, and other times, you know, not so great. <laughs> so it's fun though. It's fun to hear that little montage because there's yeah. some of those that I I don't remember doing. Well, you're always the guy in the background, like uh, for Godzilla, which we mm-hmm. don't do as often anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, those those yelling in the background when Dean needs a voice—that's yeah. you. When Dean has a lady in the pit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Mark might be somewhere in a pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still me. There you go. <laughs> and, and that is just compelling voice work there. It is. I mean, that is just talking about it like it's a thirty for thirty or something. The presence of mind to go into that high voice. <laughs> yeah, well, but Mark, it's great. Any anytime you interject in a live show, whether it's a bit or not, like you'll just come in the studio sometimes and yell off mic, and it just adds. He did it yesterday. Three words, exactly. Three words, and it's yeah. just the intercom has gotten a whole new level here. Oh for yeah. You. yeah, that's like a character in itself. Oh yeah, you had two yesterday. You oh, had well. intercom. And you had two cars. Well, yeah, I asked if we were still on the air through the internet. <laughs> I got an email from a guy that said, that was hilarious. I almost hit a mailbox driving off the road. I was back in <laughs> Which, you know, would have been right in line with all of the emails we've been getting over mm-hmm. the last day or two with Chick backing oh, into his car in the yeah, driveway. I mean, yeah. that's lit a firestorm with so funny. the oh, listeners. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> hey, I, I did it. I backed into my dad's car. Same uh-huh. scenario. Yeah. He was over visiting. It's not like I didn't know he wasn't. <laughs> Yeah. At my house, yeah. I had to go to the store or something, threw up the garage, and I didn't have a backup anything at the time, mm-hmm. started to back up and looked up at the last second and saw oh, and stopped. And, yeah. and we I just touched, but there was no nothing. I mean, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't like chick story. No. And so mm-hmm. I see how it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even no, when just, you're looking around, you just go, oh. He texts me this morning and goes, I really appreciate you sharing with everyone that I backed into my car. He was like, otherwise, I don't know what we would have talked about the last two days. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's been comedy gold. And I only called him an idiot, Mark, because he's the only person on the show that listens to this podcast. <laughs> I just wanted him to, to be moaning his... Willie called me an idiot. Exactly. Moaning his lawn like, damn it, little Griswold running his mouth again. You do realize he knows where you live. Yeah, I, know, I know. You also realize he does not mow his own lawn. Oh, yeah. I don't I just... I just, I, was, what's, I was like, what's a thing for a guy to get grumpy Well, no, during? but there's a reason for that, why he doesn't mow his own lawn. Chick McGee can't leave his house without being surrounded by paparazzi yeah. and fans. Yeah. So, you know, he Not has even, to stay yeah. sort of secluded and inside. He's yeah. a busy man. I just like to imagine Chick walking around in like, the grocery store. He's got sunglasses on. He's got a hat on. He's got a mask on. And just no one gives a crap. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> got to stay under the radar. You guys, we went to a supply place to get paper goods for the, for the green room mm-hmm. just now. 
And I walked in and I go in there all the time and they were like, Jess, hey, Jess. And Chick's behind me and I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's really nothing better than seeing Chick McGee out in uh, in real life. Mm -hmm. I bumped him to Lowe's once and he didn't know I was there. (laughs) I was thinking, how am I going to approach this? You Mm -hmm. know, and so I just sort of waited and he was like walking and I kind of get behind him and I go, hey, how you doing? And he ignored me at first, of course. And I said. Hey, I'm talking to you. Like, <laughs> he kind of did the chick, kind of looked a little bit to his left. Real and then he slow. Goes, oh, hi. <laughs> the king of that is my dad. Famously, Jess and Chick went to a sushi restaurant last year, and my dad was there, and they didn't say hi to each other the whole meal. Mm. He didn't even notice they were there. Now Chick took a picture yes. standing by the front door with Tom oh, in yeah. the background. <laughs> Tom in his natural environment. That's always fun, too. Yeah. Magooing around town. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into our first bit. We're going to start off with something short and very obscure. It's time once again for People Who Suck at Small Talk. Hey, uh, catch the big game last night? <laughs> uh, uh, well, what truly is a game when you really think about it? I mean, it's merely a struggle for conquest between competing rivals in a match to attain victory so they can feel superior about a relatively inconsequential endeavor. <laughs> Jeez, sorry I <laughs> Join us again next time for People Who Suck at Small Talk. Really good use of a bleep right there. Mm-hmm. Really good use. Mark, did, were you offended when they go, hey, we need an annoying voice? Oh, no, Let's never go. offended. No, always happy to help out. <laughs> Especially with an annoying voice of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, he can play the part. He'll do it. He can definitely be annoying. That's. I was listening for the, uh, the sexy saxophone that kicks in for uh, the guy who would rather... Do blank than have sex, right? Because it's the same mm-hmm. intro, but there's no boom, boom, <laughs> to get you in the mood. Real that's fun. That's true. That's true. Do you know when that's from, Mark? No. No. No clue. Twenty-five years uh, within that realm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Between now, probably and a years solid ago. fifteen years ago. I'm yeah, guessing. at least. Yeah. Huh? And there's, you, uh, you went to Ball State, right? I did. Ball State grad, chirp, chirp. That's what they say these days, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, class of 92. Okay. Back in the day, went from there to, uh, well, I was a a television, TCOM, they called it. Right. Radio television was Mm -hmm. my major, and I was lucky enough to do an internship over the summer after college in TV news locally, which let me know I didn't want to go into TV news. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, seeing behind the, like, being on the inside of a newsroom and seeing it from that perspective gives you a whole new perspective because I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to get out of college and I'm going to go to TV and I'm going to go to California and woohoo. And right. then, like, I saw the reality of like just local TV and I was like, I really like radio. You know? <laughs> and so I just kind of focused on that. And I, I got extremely fortunate, extremely lucky. I mean, I had my degree, but you kind of get to that point and you're like, okay, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like people go, hey, can you come work for me right now? Right. Like you have to sell yourself. You kind of have to get out there. You've got to do what you have to do. And I didn't know how that was going to work exactly. Mm-hmm. Other than I knew I didn't want to go into TV. So mm-hmm. I was focused on radio and I actually contacted my uh, administrator at uh, the head of TCOM at uh, Ball State. And I told him, I, I want to go into radio. I did the TV. I just don't really think it's for me. I'd like to do radio. If you hear of anything mm-hmm. and anything comes up, just keep me in mind, blah, blah, blah. Just threw it out there, right? Sure. Two weeks later, my phone rings. Hey, Mark, Dr. Joe, uh, there's a guy up in Marion, Indiana, mm-hmm. small market. Uh, his news director of 30 years is retiring, and he's looking for someone to replace him. I think it would be a great opportunity for you. I know you want to work in Indy or a bigger market, but 
trust me, this could be a, a you should at least give him a call and, and talk to him. So I did. I went and did the interview and I got hired and uh, actually uh, was the news director. I was the only one in the news department, <laughs> which was great because I got to direct myself. Right. Had a beeper, had a pager at the time, covered nice. a whole county, did school board meetings once a week, did oh, uh, city county council meetings, oh, yeah. kind of did all those, got to know people in the community. It's a small town, so you right. kind of get to know everybody because you're kind of covering everything. And so that was a great experience and sort of facilitated everything that I'd learned in high school when I was in radio TV and in college sort of came all together. And uh, the best part about my job in Marion as news director, I've never really shared this with anyone before, was that in my studio there was a board much like what Jason's in front of, but it had dials on it instead of uh, mm-hmm. what it is now. Mm-hmm. This is back a while. Yeah. But the best part, the Q button, uh, WFBQ Indianapolis, Q95, was our uh, emergency station when they sent oh. out an alert for a tornado gotcha. or a, some state emergency. Then you have to run the relay. And so, therefore, they were in our system. And so I could come into the morning and do my half hour uh, running the board, do my my news. And then between doing the news at the top and bottom of the hour, I could listen to the Bob and Tom show. Oh, nice. <laughs> through the Q speaker. So the whole time I was working, I was kind of listening to Bob and Tom. And I'm like going, yeah, that's what I want to do. Right. That's what so I want to be doing. Were you a Bob and Tom kid? Like all of us were Bob and Tom kids. Some of us by blood, some of us just by choice. Yeah, but- absolutely. When they came to Indianapolis in 83, I was a sophomore in high school. And my dream from when I was young was that I wanted to be a radio DJ. Mm-hmm. And I was told in seventh grade by my counselor when I went and said, I want to go into radio. He's like, well, you're in a great place. Our high school, you can uh, work at the radio station when you're a junior and senior. And I went, I want to do radio right now. And he's like, well, no, I mean, you have to like build up for it. They don't just take, you know, and I go, well, what can I do? And he goes, you know, concentrate on English. When you get to high school, take debate, right. work on writing. You know, if you can write and read, then, you know, and, and put sentences together, then you can speak. And if you're going to be on the radio, you, you have to, you have to know how to speak. You got to know how to talk. You got to know how to here. put words together. You got these blinky microphones. Not blinky. Yeah. You can fake it for a while. And well. so, you know, with that advice, I was like, okay. So I was pretty singularly focused on, okay, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. But like being a junior was so far away when you're in seventh oh grade. My gosh, yeah. When I was a sophomore, Bob and Tom came to town. And as a junior, I was in radio TV. And on my way to school, my friend Herb would drive and we'd be listening to Bob and Tom. And yep. I said to Herb, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's it's like awesome. Bob laughing cool. and them having yeah. a great time like they just came in and had fun every morning yeah. every morning was just fun and laughing and i like i was at school and we would sit in the parking lot not mm-hmm. wanting to go in right. i was like yep. dude we gotta go we're gonna be late <laughs> no 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 wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. but so yes definitely That's like awesome. you know from the get-go i was very much into their kind of humor their humor that was like sort of out of bounds at times but at the same time i thought it was hilarious yeah and so you know that sort of guided me in what I wanted to do, but you know, the fact I ended up actually working for them is a dream come true. Yeah, I think all of us feel that that way on some level. It's it's pretty crazy. It's crazy. And I I grew up, (laughs) I I, I told Bob this when he retired, the, um, the lights out here on the towers, yeah. I could see from my bedroom window at night. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I knew it was a radio station. Yeah. yeah. And I would sit there and scan the radio and listen at night. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah, man. yeah, that's awesome. And man. it's right here. Yeah. I pull up every morning and see the radio. And see that. Yeah, I know. That's it's. Yeah, it's still not real. It is. Walking in and see the sign, I'm like, what am I doing? I know. <laughs> like, I get a little giddy when it? my my key fob still works. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like beep. Oh, I can I can go in the building. Right. Yeah. About a little bit of that every day. About uh, six months ago, I came in one morning and my key fob didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yeah, we we don't and we don't. Have so that I goes. had to ring the bell because when I come in, the oh, only yeah. person that's here it's tom sure so i rang the bell and of course he doesn't you know he's in here so he so i texted him and he came and opened the door and i was like do you know anything about my key fob not working (laughs) (laughs) oh you need to go talk to eddie yeah and it just was the battery (laughs) that's better than you need to go talk to hr yeah right exactly you You didn't get the email yeah I remember that morning because my dad called me at 3 a.m. He was, I need to come get your key fob. <laughs> Mine didn't work either. It was, it was a nightmare. Well, you said Bob and Tom, a lot of fun. This next bit, uh, being glued to a toilet seat, no fun. <laughs> He's famous for getting his butt glued to a toilet seat, and it's time now to hear from him in a new segment we like to call... Ask a man who is glued to a toilet seat. We have the man who is glued to a toilet seat on the line, so let's go to the phones for your questions. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, listen, I've been dating this woman for a couple of months now, and I'm starting to have real feelings for her, but none of my friends seem to like her. What should I do, man who is glued to a toilet seat? Help! Somebody... Help me, please. Can anybody hear me? Hey, some jerk put glue on the toilet seat. I'm trapped in the handicap stall. Hello? I'm not handicapped myself. I just like the extra roominess. I re- really didn't mean any harm. I-, I-, I just figured even if Stephen Hawking is here picking up a few sheets of plywood, what are the chances of him needing to pinch one off at the exact same time I do? And I, I apologize if handicapped isn't the correct term. What is it they prefer? Um, they're conveniently parked. God, why won't someone get me out of here? At least throw me a magazine. We've got time for one more call. Hello, you're on the air with the man who is glued to a toilet seat. Hello, long-time listener, first-time caller. I work in an office, and I've developed a huge crush on my married boss. And I think the attraction is mutual. What do you think I should do, man who's glued to a toilet seat? Hey, is that someone using the urinal? I can hear you out there. Turn off your damn iPod, you self-absorbed little puke. You worthless crumb of human flatulence. You pimple pancake. Ow, my cheeks are burning. Look, it's not the good kind of burning, like the kind you get after you've slipped the hooker an extra 50 to spank her with your hairbrush. Can you hear me? Someone help me, please. God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Again. Ooh, that's refreshing. This has been Ask the Man Who Is Glued to a Toilet Seat, advice guru for the Bob and Tom Show. Uh, not to be confused with the Ask a Man Who's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Glued His Genitals to His Stomach. That airs later. <laughs> wow. Well, we can figure out exactly when that was. Whenever yeah. that news story about the guy in the toilet seat came out. Yeah, there was a period of time where that seemed to come up like every six months or so. It's just, you know, People thought that was funny. I mean, what a horrible practical joke. But, you know, we made light of it just because it was so stupid and then... 
Now we have Allie Breen taking uh, relationship questions on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like my favorite thing about the setup of that is that you keep asking for help. And just the idea that there's like a whole production staff around. Right. Yeah. And there's people doing music. And or that people are walking in and out of the restrooms right. and uh-huh. his calls or help are being completely ignored by people walking around. <laughs> and then I like the first time that he's talking, he goes, no, I, well, sorry if I shouldn't use the word handicapped. Like you're like you're walking things right. back. And the second time you're like, you worthless you. <laughs> <laughs> your damn iPod. His tone changed the longer he was oh, on. Yeah. It's so relatable, though. You're like, I only use this stall because it's, you know, more room. I didn't mean that, you know, take it up if someone actually needs it. It's so fun. I mean, that's what you tell yourself every time that you use, like, a handicap or whatever the stall's supposed to be called. Sorry, I don't mean to be offensive. And also, the, the, when you go, when you go, what is it they prefer? <laughs> to use the term they there is so much more offensive than anything else you could have said. But that's like, you know, it's, whenever you do, like, you're, like, having the argument in your head, like, oh, if anybody comes in, I hope nobody comes in. Oh, Gosh. Yeah, yeah really, or Josh's really story where he was in the bathroom and the door flew open oh. down in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I love that like, story. Oh, it's like the worst. Oh my god, we should recreate that. Ask a man whose door flew open while he's taking a breath. Shut the door. Shut the door. Please shut the door. <laughs> Can anyone hear me? I'm sorry. And just walking yeah. away. That should we should you should do that. We should do that. We talked to Dean and say, Hi, my name's Josh. Yeah. 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 I think Josh is done talking about that story. Uh, he no, not unless his, Tom uh, asked for it. He does it in his stand-up. Last time I saw him. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's such a it's such Oh, wait, a is that a spoiler? Story. Go see him. It's totally better now. Yeah, like, so him. it's funny. Just you got to see Josh's face and, and the whole and he's reaction. Not half it's ridiculous. Fat anymore. Yeah, yeah. He's got new oh. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm struggling with that. I lost like 10 pounds. In my act, I say I weigh 250 pounds, and now I weigh 240 pounds, but I'm not going to change it because no. it's, here's the thing. I'm I have enough discipline to lose ten pounds. I do not have enough discipline to write new jokes. That's right. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I've already did the thing with discipline. No time for that. You're giving yeah. you're giving yourself a little window. Mm-hmm. There you go. Up mm-hmm. or down, doesn't matter. All good. <laughs> and Mark, another favorite line in that is not again is a lot of fun. And yeah. then when you hear the flush, ah, that's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. I think there was also another news story too about a guy that had gotten uh trapped on a Oh. Uh, Oh, there, am I, is that a spoiler? No, alert? no, no. There are. We're not going to play no, anymore no. today, I don't think. But there's three more Ask Us yeah. something. He was trapped yeah. on a ski lift. And, you ski know, lift. New story. A guy like got, again, not really funny, especially for the guy that was trapped on the ski lift. But we made light of it. Anyway. <laughs> Ask a guy stuck in quicksand was another one. <laughs> oh, that's good. That one didn't have a good ending. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing about old quicksand. <laughs> Look at you. Okay, well, let's get into our next bit. Who knew that bank bits would be so interesting? To be honest, I'd never heard of the first bank that treats you like you're the Lehigh University class president turned bank robber. (laughs) But since it seemed to fit me to a T, I told the bank manager that I had a 3.9 GPA, was a member of several extracurricular programs, volunteered at the nursing home, and if he didn't give me all the cash in the drawer, I'd blow his head off. (laughs) This frat boy came in and said he was the president of the class of 2008 at Lehigh University had a 3.9 GPA, and that he was in several extracurricular activities, like volunteering at nursing homes, and that he'd blow my 
head off if I didn't give him all the cash and good beep there. I told all of the male bank employees that they were scumbag pledges and that for the next eight semesters, I was their mama, their daddy, and their supreme lord and commander. Oh, and I told them to make sure they had a bag of marshmallows handy. <laughs> I wanted to degrade their dignity the same way mine was freshman year. So I had them strip, get in a circle, and pass that marshmallow around using only their butt cheeks. <laughs> Frankly, we were happy and relieved that the class president, frat boy robber, had us do that rather than sit on a block of ice. And that, hey, shut up, rookie plebe. I'm sorry, your lordship. I am scum. Now, continue the commercial, scum. Yes, your lordship, sir. So anyway, we passed the marshmallows with our butt cheeks while reciting the Greek alphabet. I'm not sure how or why, but after that... We were all very close friends. <laughs> After the initiation hazing, I asked the bank manager for a job. He gave it to me. <laughs> he had to. I gave the man a job. I had to. We were brothers now. I kind of hate myself. I robbed the bank, got a loan, got the job, and then we threw a bitchin' kegger with the girls from the First Bank of Hot Coeds who dig frat boys who rob banks down the street. It was awesome. Puke and deposit slips everywhere. Toga! 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 The first bank that treats you like you're the Lehigh University class president turned bank robber. If you're an overachiever with no friends who has to force people to love and respect you through humiliation, we're the bank for you. Bring your transcript and an automatic weapon this week and get a free logo sweatshirt and paddle. Oh. The first bank that treats you like you're the Lehigh University class president turned bank robber, where our motto is... Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> oh, that was fun to relive. Wow. So that's another one of those bits that it's like, yeah, we could figure out exactly when this was. We have to figure out the news story that it was referencing. And it's sort of a 15 uh, seconds of fame, 15 minutes of fame thing. But it's like a really, really funny bit that kind of can, can live past that. Mm-hmm. Were you a frat guy at Ball State? I was not a frat guy, although mm-hmm. when I first arrived at Ball State as a freshman, I was two years older than most of the other freshmen because after high school, I went to Butler University for a semester, oh, okay. much like Gunner, who works uh, in the building. Mm-hmm. But I only went for a semester. Mm-hmm. Sure. And my grades were not that great when I left Butler, went to Ball State then two years later. Mm -hmm. And when I arrived at Ball State, went through what they call rush and had decided on a fraternity and they had decided on me, I guess, Mm -hmm. more, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. then they get the grade transcripts. And from high school, I would have been great. But my Uh, grades from Butler. Right. And I had had an incomplete in gym. Right. (laughs) Oh, who gets no. an incomplete in gym? People who, takes... who don't go. No, I went. I don't know why I got an incomplete. Did I follow up to find out? No. <laughs> who takes gym in college, though, also? We As a freshman. To, you have to take gym. It's physical education. In college? Yeah, oh, we did yeah. have that. Yeah. I, did, I did swimnastics. It was kind of cool, though, because even though I got an <laughs> really? incomplete. We're going to save swimnastics. That's so funny and so weird. we got to focus on Mark right now. Jess, <laughs> what is wrong? Swimnastics? Sorry, Mark. I was at Hinkle Field House, and, <laughs> which is where my gym class was for Butler that I got an incomplete for. Uh-huh. But the cool thing was they had a, a track up on the top right, level, right? right? And Tony Hinkle was would be running oh, the cool. track mm. in the morning, you know, and at the time he had to have been in his 80s, I'm sure. Mm. But it was huh. just really cool, like, to, you know, see the man that the uh, arena I was in yep. working out and was named after. And That's so, awesome. 
Yeah. So anyway, got to Ball State and they were like, yeah, your, your grades, you know, you're going to have to wait uh, another until we get your grades in from this semester at Ball mm-hmm. State and then we can take you again next year. And I was like, no thanks. <laughs> I got my own friends. I don't need you guys anymore. Thanks. So I was interested and I was certainly going to do it. I was going to pursue it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it was divine intervention because everything worked out just great. Right. And right. sometimes right. things like you can be disappointed in life, but sometimes mm-hmm. things are meant to happen for a reason. A door closes, a window opens, whatever you want to say. But right. like, I didn't get into the fraternity, and it didn't like affect my life. I was like, right. eh, okay. Well, you yeah. still you still do a great impression of a frat guy. Yes, so. and I was <laughs> around quite here. a bit of them. As a matter of fact, uh, when I lived at Ball State later on in an apartment, it was uh, the guy that I lived with, whose parents owned it. He had been at that fraternity. I didn't oh. know him at the time, but again, like sort of synergy, we got to be good friends, and he was sure. a really cool guy. And he, you know, we would have been frat brothers, but right. yeah, all right, so. So that bit has. Are we done with frat talk? No, 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 yeah. Well, that (laughs) first. I don't know. Do you know the history behind this bit? Um, behind the 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 first bank bank of Lehigh. So I know it's the first bank that treats you like X or Y. Right. There's the first bank, Tom Griswold. There's that treats you. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a million of these. But this specific yeah. one had a snafu to it. Oh no! Let's let's get into it. Wait. Okay. So well, um, basically, <laughs> I, I'm going to play it. Okay. I'm just going to play it, and I'm just going to leave the mics open. So this is the first take, and this was on an album sure. for the record. So, well, but it's not for actual. Uh, radio airwaves. But I also want to emphasize, while you hear this, for everyone listening, okay, in real time, when this was first played on the air, live on the air, the first time that the whole cast was hearing it and they're laughing along, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. This is the version that played on the air live. And it plays out here. There's even a guest in the room. Here we go. So here we go. To be honest, I'd never heard of the first bank that treats you like you're the Lehigh University class president turned bank robber. (laughs) But since it seemed to fit me to a T, I told the bank manager that I had a 3.9 GPA, was a member of several extracurricular programs, volunteered at the nursing home, and if he didn't give me all the cash in the drawer, I'd blow his f***ing head off. Oh oh my god! Well, uh, we, we, we have a, we have our second technical problem of the week. Wow! I, uh, oh my gosh! Chad, look at Chad. Chad, are you leaving? I have to stand up to let this laugh out. I can't contain it. Today. That was awesome. Is that Chad Daniels? It is. Yeah. Oh, how perfect! Yeah, technical problem. I apologize. <laughs> did you hit it? I did. I think we, we got. Funniest thing wow. you watching them both you know, up for the button. Oh, that is, that is beautiful. I was reaching for a button. I don't even. <laughs> I love that line. I was reaching for a button. I don't so, even have so when it. it happened, they did hit the button, and that did yeah. not air. Yeah. But obviously, somebody might have had the uh, raw recording of that, right? Which you just heard. So that wasn't the famous. I know that at one point, my dad, Bob, they both had a button, and they. I know that there used to be a thing where if they pushed the button at the exact same time, they would cancel out. Cancel oh, out. Yeah. So that was not that time no. so that no. didn't air no. how did you feel when you heard that live your face was by the way right now yeah, just, just now, now it was red. you were no, red no. as a tomato it was dean's worst day yeah i 
was in the room behind Dean when it happened. Oh. And yeah, that wasn't on me per se. I was just <laughs> I was reading the script. Right. Well, you really hit right. it too. You oh, say Oh, he hit oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> but I loved it because I was watching the reaction here. Oh. And I love Chad Daniels. He's so funny. And oh, to like make him laugh, yep. right? Oh, you know yeah. how that is. Like I was like, whoa! It feels like a million dollars. If yeah. I make Josh earnestly laugh, I'm yeah. done for the week. And it was completely unpurposeful, obviously. You know, right? Obviously, but um, yeah, that was a great moment. And I think that's why the the last part of that bit, I, I blacked it out. Like after that day, I'm like, we're <laughs> never playing that again. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they got through it. Dean beeped it, and they ended up playing it later that day. And, like, I, through, and I edited. Yeah, there were some edits. It is. That's so oh funny. Gosh. But yeah. when you do, I've I've never said F on the big show. I well, I, um, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I got it. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. So I got an email. <laughs> <laughs> I got an email from another one of our voice guys on the show uh-huh. that, that day, sure. right? Like right after it happened. Yeah. And his email to me was, when I'm reading a script, <gasps> I always use like fun or fun. Or fudge. Fudge. No. I never really say the word. And I responded back, thanks. Yeah. No, yeah. That's great. Yeah, good for you, man. Yeah. No, I always think that's the fun part of recording with Dean is you get to say the real word. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's a part of it. Yeah, and so then I was kind of thinking, well, it, it really wasn't my It wasn't on me. Fault. Mm-hmm. I didn't really do anything wrong. I was reading a script. Dean Do you felt remember Dean? Dean yeah. was distraught oh yeah absolutely he felt horrible he didn't want to talk to anyone don't even say it's okay dean it was it was pretty bad yeah and so my enjoyment dean i mean dean's pretty even stevens yeah so my enjoyment of it behind dean was Mm -hmm. short-lived (laughs) short-lived because i I understand you know right so it's it's so funny and the way that you hear the room everyone shuts up yes and then i like how bob laughs and that gives everyone else permission to laugh. yes exactly that bob goes okay we're having fun still it's still a fun show and then chick says i was trying to hit the button (laughs) everything worked out fine no one got in trouble you hit the button so you did what it's supposed to do but dang it it, it's so gave us a great moment people hearing it oh man oh my god but that's but that's the thing about it is that like you are listening expecting the beep and everybody's shock and just like silence yeah. for a second. And keep in second. mind too, this was way before podcasts and right. things were now, you know, if you're listening to a pod, we're on a podcast. <laughs> if you're listening to a podcast, but you know, <clears throat> language isn't necessarily a hindrance when sure. the FCC right. is not involved in uh, licenses and all of the things right. that go uh-huh. on with yep. commercial radio. Yeah. I can't imagine how fun it was for a listener hearing that live in their car because after the delay happens, coming back to the they room were and they're like, it. Yeah. no, yeah. what happened? What happened? And the interesting thing, too, is that the way the delay system works, not to go too far behind, mm-hmm. but when that button is pushed, right. it basically, we're on a 10 to 20 second delay depending on whatever. <clears throat> it, it, when you hit that button, you lose like 10 to 20 seconds before it happens. Right. So it was just in the middle of a bit, and all of a sudden, they, there's like a sounder that goes when the mm-hmm. dump button's hit. And so I people clen- know. If, if I'm in my car and I hear that, yeah. I clinch. Oh, they yeah. know something happened. Someone said yeah. something. But I'm and so excited when I hear absolutely. the dump button. And you can't wait for it to come back. Yeah. Inevitably, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. the, the sounder ends. Mm. It comes back in, and all you hear is... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do you guys, exactly. Do you guys remember when I got it on the big show? 
So no, I said, no. I did, I did J-O. I didn't, I, I go, everyone's saying how good Sam is. And then Christy goes, what do you do, Willie? And I go, eh, I pretty much just sit at home and I J-O all the time. Oh. And I said it and the everybody lost it and I feel bad and I'm hiding my face yeah. away. And they go, eh, you get one. You know? <laughs> I guess you get one, kid. Everybody, yeah, everybody does. Well, let's get into our next bit. This one, so if Ozzy orders a pizza, who takes the order? What if Ozzy was ordering a pizza? <laughs> so at first we were going to have uh, Dean, our producer, do his famous Aussie voice. Mm-hmm. But then uh, clear heads prevailed, and we decided to actually have Aussie by taking actual parts of the interview. <laughs> right. And then intercutting them with uh, Mike Mark from our staff, pretending to be the uh, pizza delivery. So this is actually Ozzy's voice. Is that is that clear enough that I may? Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. Paparazzi Pizza, can I take your order? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, uh-huh. I'm just in the color. Uh, okay. The, uh, I need, I need to right. go on. And we just got uh, in the Mad Monk. Meat lover? Right. Yeah, going to be about 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the people that work at drive throughs and the people that answer pizza phone calls, they must be in the same way that doctors can read that little chicken scratch handwriting. Yeah. The genius that it takes to intercept that code. How do they do it? Yeah, I have Meat a terrible lovers? ear. Yeah. I can never do it. I have no idea. Meat no lovers. Idea. Uh, and the amazing thing about that, too, is that audio was actually from, we had interviewed yep. Ozzy on the air that the day before or that day, and Dean took that as actual audio from the interview <laughs> as Tom was talking that. to him, and Chick was like looking at him like, I, I, I don't know what he's saying right, right now. Like yeah. Chick was legitimately like going, I, I you know, and so Chick was, and Tom conducted the interview, and Chick said afterwards, Tom, I don't know how you did that. I I, so I honestly could not understand what he was saying, and that led to an off-air conversation, which led to that. And sure. Dean da 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 da. And all Dean did was he called me and said, "Hey, I'm putting together this thing for uh, mm-hmm. Tom Watson. I'm just like you're doing a pizza order." And so he called me on the phone from there yeah. to my yeah. corner studio, yeah. and that was like just on the fly. I just did that in like uh-huh. ten yeah. seconds. Uh-huh. Those three lines, meat lovers. And <laughs> meat lovers. perfect. About forty-five minutes. Yeah, all you say is "uh huh," meat lovers, and forty-five minutes, and that's brilliant. It's an it award-winning is. performance. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it so killer. It's fantastic. And I think Mark, help me out here too. That uh, Aussie interview, infamously, Chick said mm-hmm. that, but I think Bob. Chick and Christy yes. all bowed out. Correct. They just—that's right. Tom, this is yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, and, and, it, and then Tom's like, "You guys just left me there to hang, yeah. basically." Yeah. Well, it's not like Ozzy's asking them any questions, so whatever he says, <laughs> you're like, "All right, moving on to the next one." Uh, That's true. Well, whenever Ozzy comes up, Tom likes to bring up the big zit on his back because <laughs> oh. there was a show here back in the day where they mm-hmm. took winners and they were backstage, and the winners got to go out. This is really cool, actually, at an Ozzy concert, right? The winners of this radio contest got to meet backstage, and then they went out, like, during the show, I guess they had monks come out holding, like, candles, and they were the monks with the robes on and got to come out and, like, go around on stage, right? Whoa. Oh, cool. Just, like, yeah. walk around and come back, right? It's part of the show. Kind of cool if you're an Ozzy fan, oh, right? Yeah. Being on amazing. stage during the concert, amazing, right? And so <laughs> Ozzy had his shirt off, and all Tom talks about was that he had a big zit right in the middle of his back. <laughs> because when you come up on stage, he's, like, right there, and it was, you know. It's the things that Tom focuses on. Well, he can't reach it. He can't. It's right where you can't pop, you know? Bring up Ozzy Osbourne in the next two weeks randomly, 
and that'll in some capacity if it comes up and he will talk about Ozzy's big zit on his back. I think I think also he'll might bring up the fact that Ozzy will pour water over himself. That's true. Because, and why does he do that? He, he doesn't because he urinates on himself during yeah. the concert <laughs> and he doesn't want to anyone yep. to know. So he pours the bucket as soon as the yep. concert starts and he's just soaked in yep. water so yep. he can just pee away and no one's going to know. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's so rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do that same thing. If I like pee on my slacks a little bit, I'll do the Greg Hahn beer bit as my opener. I just start pouring yeah. beer there everywhere. There you go. Nobody notices. Is that true? No, it's a joke. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just it, uh, I know when Willie's laugh. joking. It didn't get a laugh, so it kind of came out more like a statement or a sentence. But, Willie, are we going to talk about the fact that I used to take you to school? Oh, yeah. 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 Mark, me, me and Mark, Jimbo had a run there for a while, but That's yeah, right. man. Yeah. And I remember because you took a different route than Jimbo did, and I remember that one time I like called you out on it, and you were like, I got this. Okay, yeah. kid? <laughs> kid, I'm fine. Look, I know. Willie, I've been released from the studio. <laughs> I'm taking you to school, and I'm going to go the way I want to go. I'm just, I'm like 14. I have my face in a Game Boy or something dumb like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. He uh, he took Kessler. You took 60 Second. That doesn't matter. Ah, Jimbo. But, dude, those were those were the best. And then it was I felt like I had I felt like it I felt like I was cheating at school, right? Because everyone else was getting to school, they'd wake up, you know, mom, dad, breakfast, and you go to school, whatever. And I was like, oh, no, I've already been alive for two hours. <laughs> I've been hanging out down at the Bob and Tom show. I don't know if you've heard it or anything. Right. There was one day in sixth grade where there was like everyone's like got to school or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I just hung out with Edrin James. Yeah. Because yeah. the Colts running yeah. back had to come right. in studio. Yeah. And I was Suck like, on that, kids. No, and I wasn't nice. I was like, yeah, I got to hang out with Edrin James. Woo! Like pointing in their faces. My, my brother and I already have our own show. Okay. <laughs> the right. Sam and Willie show. Yeah. Are you familiar with the work of Tim Cavanaugh? Well, there was a time where we would come if you came in here like before eight o'clock i would say mm -hmm. it was like you had to be quiet in the hallways because mm -hmm. the griswold boys were asleep like you just there's a little bit of that there yep. was i mean something mm -hmm. maybe not every morning but it's like hey so-and-so's asleep that must have been the charlie charlie days. no it was chuck <laughs> and it was sam i was never a sleeper yeah, i was always were, yeah. i was always on the computer i was listening to the show constantly yeah but there were like just griswold boys just grazing oh yeah yeah like they were you just would run into one <laughs> just every morning. me drinking <laughs> drinking three dr peppers before 7 45 a.m uh, uh, just yeah. stealing chicks diet pepsis and he goes you drink my last damn diet pepsi kid oh yeah you're lucky he likes you now. Mm -hmm. It's just because <laughs> I'm cute. It's just because I got these cheeks, you know. I do well with them. Uh, we got two more bits. Uh, this next one, it is a, it's a quiz show, but it's about steroids. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of that popular spring training guessing game, Who's on the Juice? I'm your host, Johnny Rum. Our contestants today are Jason Giambi, Barry Bonds, and Yankees outfielder Gary Sheffield, who, by the way, is the nephew of former big leaguer Dwight Gooden. Say, Gary, your uncle didn't give you a package to give me, did he? <laughs> a small package about the size of a kilo? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> because I'm good for it. No, nothing. All righty then. Also on Who's on the Juice, today it's giant slugger Barry Bonds. This better not take long, sissy boy. I'm missing my stories. Uh, okay. Let's meet our final contestant, also a New York Yankee, Jason Giambi. <laughs> oh boy, take it easy. Now, Chef, we'll start with you. You recently said that if someone gives you a cup, you'd provide them with a urine sample anytime. Yet, when a reporter brought a cup, you declined to do so. Did you refuse because A, the Players Union doesn't permit random testing, 
B, you normally sit down when you pee. Or C, steroids have shriveled certain body parts so much that you would only need a thimble. Hmm, I'm going to say B, Johnny. I like to sit. Correct. You're on the board. Now, Barry, as a player in your late 30s, you broke the single-season home run record with 73 dingers, even though you had never hit as many as 50 in another season. Were you able to accomplish this miraculous feat because, A, you're God's favorite ball player, B, you promised a dying kid you'd do it for him, or C, you ingested enough human growth hormone to grow twins out your backside? I'll say D, as in don't ask me that again, dumbass, or I'll knock your damn head off. Close enough. Jason Giambi, you showed up for spring training about half the size you were in previous years, yet you claim this astounding reduction in muscle mass is due solely to the fact you made fewer trips to fast food restaurants. Did you think, A, we wouldn't notice, B, assume we all rode here on the short bus, or C, you think that Seabiscuit should have won the Oscar for Best Picture? Ooh, I'm sorry. Lord of the Rings was clearly the more epic and satisfying film. Well, we have to take a short break, but when we come back, it's the lightning round on Who's on the Juice. I'm Johnny Rump. And Jason Giambi reminds everyone to be sure and see Hidalgo in theaters now. <laughs> Hidalgo, is that another horse movie? Yes, it was a current horse movie at the time, of course. Um, that's so funny because um, Johnny Rump... Uh, <laughs> there was a guy that worked in our building oh, yes. yeah. uh, in promotions, and his name was John Rump. John Rump, yep. <laughs> and I actually Good went dude. to grade school with John Rump. Oh, so oh, I, grade, I didn't know that. Life. Yeah, we went to grade school, and he was a year That's under funny. me. But yeah, he lived in my neighborhood growing up. And so when I when they said, hey, you need to read a script, you're going to be portraying Johnny Rump, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Well, and you could you could see my sports background kicking in there with the sports broadcasting background there. I was going to say, the first thing I wrote down, you have a really good, just straight broadcasting voice. Yeah, I did yeah. play-by-play in high school, and that really was sort of my ultimate dream job. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's very difficult to get a play-by-play gig anywhere, uh, you know. Very few and hard to come by. Look at Mark Boyle for the Pacers. How many right. years has he been here doing mm-hmm. it for the Pacers? Amazing, great, outstanding. And so when I was up in Marion as news director, I also helped with them doing the broadcast for their local high school football, basketball, baseball mm. teams. I was part of that and uh, wanted to do more sports broadcasting. And that's ultimately what brought me back to Indianapolis was because I moved to WNDE to do sports at the top and bottom of every hour. And the reason why I say that (laughs) is because we had to say that on the air. That's what I said. Hi, I'm Mark Allison with sports at the top and bottom of every hour. And then I'd go into my sports cast at the top and then at the bottom of the hour. Hi, I'm Mark Allison with sports at the top and bottom. Bottom of every hour. <laughs> that was like sort of our right. thing, you know, sort of like uh, when Chick does the news, you can use. Right, and, right, right. So know. just like from 50 to 10, basically, you would do sports? Uh, when On NDE, I would do sports. Uh, Willie, if you're paying attention, at the top and bottom of every hour. <laughs> no, 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 I know. But like, is it just like, is it like a one, is it just like a one big chunk? Of, ah, what? I'm done with you. Forget it. Yeah, Forget it was a syndicated satellite show where they would have sports talk on that was syndicated, national sports talk, mm-hmm. and then they do the local updates oh, there gotcha. at the top and bottom of every hour. Well, and now if you want to hear Mark, he, you, I feel like you do your own show when I listen to 24-7 or I listen to the VIP. 
Mm-hmm. I do. I host I'd, the uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I've been so I listen on my TV every morning, <laughs> and I get to hear, and I just feel like I hear things that other people don't hear because yeah. obviously oh, yeah. we work with yeah. Mark, and I I like I'll text you and I'll be like, oh, <laughs> that was hilarious when you just said like, and, and I I don't know, it's funny, and I appreciate I, that because you never know. I mean, you yeah. just never know who's out there listening at various times, and the nice thing about twenty four seven too is that it's it's worldwide, right? Mm-hmm. Like we right. get emails. Mm-hmm. Um, I do all the emails well here behind yep. the scenes yeah. anything that comes in if you send something to bob and tom at bob and tom.com i will see it in some capacity and filter it out to where it i was needs going to, to go. say more importantly he is he is our filter he he probably saves our hearts and our mental health from a lot in the things that he doesn't share with us yeah, yeah. so la- last <laughs> last june you had to throw away a lot of emails that said willie's ruining the show yeah. <laughs> that is not true that is not true again at you all. guys i wish i would have gotten a laugh so it didn't sound like a sentence <laughs> i mean come on just sounds like i'm insecure <laughs> now i'm going back there's a short story of an email you got years ago back when we had marty as a boss yes and you replied to an email can you tell that one real quick <laughs> i can and i learned a very valuable lesson from that. <laughs> very valuable lesson so um we get all sorts of emails about various topics and subjects as you can imagine mm-hmm. some more important than others sure. some are you know whatever so a listener had sent an email and he was very concerned. Do you remember what the topic was, Jason? I don't remember chance? the topic. I just remember the thing that they did wrong. It was an important topic, but I want to emphasize that it wasn't like an insensitive topic right. or something okay. that, you know, but he was wanting to make his point heard about whatever it was he was upset with. Right. right? And he, he started his diatribe, if you will, of his email with, I was listening to your show on the stereo, and I just want you to know, blah, 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 sure. right. right. And my reply to him for his concerns was, you spelled stereo wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Send. Yeah. The, the, I yeah. thought I was being funny. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's a comedy show. Hey, it's a comedy show. They like show. being funny with you. They like dishing hey, it out. So I, I saw I... your concerns and I read through it, but yeah. I want you to know you spelled stereo wrong. Well, he didn't think it was funny when he got that email back. Mm. And so um, <laughs> I got the <laughs> Marty at my door. And, Here's Marty. Yeah. I'm doing a, just a blank a stare. Yeah. This yeah. is Marty when he walks to your door. Mm-hmm. Studying you. He's waiting for you to talk first. Marty. Come see me after the show. Oh, no. That's all he said. And that's terrifying. And that was when he came in at like 8.15 in the morning and the show goes till 10. You want to talk about sweaty armpits. (laughs) Because he didn't tell me why he wanted to see me, but I could tell it wasn't because he wanted to congratulate me on being a great person. (laughs) I'm hilarious. And so I got a talking to about how to respond to people that are reaching out to the show and that I represent the show and that perhaps I should think twice before I hit send. (laughs) And so that was a very valuable lesson for me. And I consider it that it probably saved my job in some capacity, (laughs) right? Mm Because, you know, I suddenly realized, hey, you know, I'm sending stuff out that other people, it, they're, it's from the show. Sure. Yeah. Like I'm representing right. the show when I yeah. send stuff. And right. so I'm, I'm hypersensitive of that. And so I try to respond when I can to individuals when I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we literally get mm-hmm. hundreds of emails a day on a topic like today with the right. drive, hitting like a car in your driveway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're talking almost thousands. So yeah. I try to let people know that's really funny or that was good when I can. But, you know, sometimes it just gets so busy that you're right. just sort of like... But I do know this, that when people are listening at home and they hear their email read by Tom on the air, 
mm-hmm. and everyone reacts mm-hmm. and thinks it's funny or, oh my gosh, they just read my email right. on the air. Right. I enjoy that too Love because that. it's interactive <clears throat> and that's what radio should be. Yep. That's what makes radio yeah. great. Is it's interactive. It's you know it's, what you responding that way though, even though you spelled stereo wrong, that makes them part of the show because in the show everyone dishes it out. You know they take pokes and stabs. Tom likes to correct people, or you know, so right. hey, take it with a stride. Yeah, and, but- I, and I did tell Marty. I said, look, in my defense, <laughs> I did get back to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Focus on the positive. But you yeah. know what? I think that 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 this what makes you great is that you were a fan first and so you still like a lot of us go back to that place of when i was a listener Absolutely. what would i would have liked on that note shout out to my friend jeff bruce in evansville who's a huge fan of not just the show but the bits and pieces podcast Yay, uh, we were at ball state together both in uh, tcom together he was in the sales route and they like had they called them ladders i was in like you know, whatever, but he sure. was in the sales portion of it, which oh, is gotcha. really smart because guess what? Guess where you make your money in radio? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Sales, right? And helps keep okay. the lights right on. Yeah, and yeah. He, he got out of college and went right to Evansville and started in radio sales, and he's never looked back. Oh, and so awesome. Yeah, and he's still in sales now. Not in radio, but he's still in sales. So shout out to you, JB. There you go. Nice. Um, How you doing? Before we go, um, I want to give Mark credit for a couple things. Uh, He's kind of Chick's support on the sports side. Absolutely. Chick Uh, and I were just talking about you recently. So Mark is a really, as he he said earlier, he did the sports top and the bottom of the hour. Can I make a quick point before you go on talking about me and glowingly? Part of the reason why I love sports uh, in addition to being a Colts and Pacers fan and just, mm-hmm. you know, growing up here at 1984, Bob and Tom come to my town in 1983. Mm-hmm. That had to have been the biggest thing to happen in my town. I'm not kidding. I'm not like overstating it. When yeah. they came here, yeah. there was a guy named Gary Todd on the AM who was number one and had been for decades, a decade at least. He was the best. He was like news talk. And that's what people listen to. Bob and Tom came here and all of a sudden there was a switch and they're like, oh my God, who are these guys? Yeah. Right. The year after that, the Colts came here. Yep. So we got Bob and Tom and then the Colts. And Bob and Tom were big supporters of the Colts, obviously. It's in their hometown, and they have an NFL team, and the Colts sucked. Yeah. They were so (laughs) bad for so long. And it was just sort of the synergy of sports. I was in fantasy sports, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, before there were computers. We used to do stats on USA Today. Are you serious? Like, you know, you'd get the stats on USA Today on Wednesday and Thursday of the stats, and me and my friend Roy would sit down and crunch all the numbers, and by the Friday afternoon, we had the standings. So going into the next weekend... Can I cut in real quick? Real quick? Nerd! (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing. Total nerd, but (laughs) had I known computer, um, been able to, like, monetize that? Like, we were on the early... We were doing it before it was on a computer and before there were websites that facilitated that. Ahead of your time. I would be a multimillionaire, if Mm -hmm. not billionaire, if we had, like, been able to, like, just figure that part of it out. That's right. So everything happens. Chick for just a said that today. He said he goes. He goes. I I really can't put words to it. But when Mark's not there, I'm missing something. Aww. Like I need him there in yeah. the morning. Yeah. yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. And if you want to see Mark, he is in a portion of sports history video that's oh, yeah. pretty iconic. Really? I don't know if you know this, Willie. Uh, Michael Jordan left and went to play baseball for, what, a year and a half, whatever, but it was two seasons. The Barons? And uh, he came back with number 45, right, Mark? That's right. And when he did come back, he came back at Market Square Arena. Mm -hmm. And when he comes out of the tunnel, 
You can look and you can see Mark Allison standing right there. Shut up, awesome. Are you in The Last Dance then? Because they do a whole episode about that. It could be. If they, they had pro- his comeback of him coming out of the tunnel on his comeback, it's I'm right him there. him coming out of the tunnel no and Mark way. is standing right there. I'm right there. That's Wasn't so he like, cool. he was only 45 for one game was the whole thing? Uh, no, he played few, for a couple. Yeah, might have been. A, Quick backstory on yeah. that. This is something I'm also very proud of. So, as I said, before I started with Bob and Tom, I was doing sports talk radio uh, down the hall on the AM. Well, we had a Pacers show, and I was the producer and host for the Pacers show that we had, which was a weekly show. We were not the affiliate of the Mm -hmm. Pacers. Mm -hmm. We had been. When I I came here to do sports, the AM was the affiliate for the Colts and the Pacers. Oh, Oh, wow. Within six weeks of me arriving, they both went cross town. It's Allison kid. Both of them, yeah. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the sports station. We lost both teams. But I had a Pacers talk show, right? Yeah. They... uh, Night before he was to come back, I was doing my Pacers show, and I had gotten a reporter from Chicago to come on the show to talk about the Pacers playing the Bulls. Because mm-hmm. at that point, when I had set up the interview, it was the Pacers playing the Bulls, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We have her on the show. We're talking to her, and we get her on because it was already a pre-scheduled interview. And the news—this is before the internet. Keep mm-hmm. in mind, mm-hmm. the news had broken moments before she came on with us. <gasps> She comes on to my radio show here in Indianapolis. We introduce her, and she's like, breaking news, Michael Jordan is going to be returning for the game tomorrow night against the Indiana Pacers. He is finally coming back, and it's going to happen tomorrow. I've just had it confirmed. Michael Jordan will be playing against the Pacers tomorrow night in Indianapolis. Mark Ears got goosebumps. And And, you know, of course, I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, we keep talking about, you know, and the interview ends. Okay, so... It cool. This is really cool. It's before the internet, you know, and like it's breaking news. Like she literally was breaking it here in Indianapolis mm-hmm. on our show. She's like, I'm happy right. to be doing it at the locals, local Pacers affiliate. I show <laughs> up. I show up the next day for the game. <laughs> I I wa- uh, got the credential. Sure. I'm coming in. Mm-hmm. I know Michael Jordan's there. It, it, there is a buzz like you cannot I believe. Can't I mean, I'm telling you from the parking garage. And people yeah. are just buzzing. They all know Jordan's going to be there. They're all yeah. coming to see it. They have tickets. They're completely pumped. There's just like this. Mm-hmm. Th- you can just feel it. Mm-hmm. I walk into Market Square Arena, and playing on the PA is my interview <gasps> with oh, the reporter <laughs> from right. Chicago, breaking the news that oh. Michael Jordan is coming back for the game tomorrow. And mm. people started going, yeah, and <laughs> cheering, <laughs> listening to the radio report from the night before. Awesome. And I, like you talk about goosebumps. Yeah. You know, that's I was like amazing. walking and going, that's me. That's, that's, right. Right. that's so cool. There's got to be some sort of AM archivist who can help us find that. that yeah, and they so like, cool. you know, save the tape of everything, right? right. You learned that early on. Right. Your dad, save the tape of everything. Yeah. So I have yeah. no idea where the tape of that is. You know, uh. <laughs> I just, uh, just a quick compliment, Mark. Did, of the, like we say the core four, and then we have like, now there's Josh, and then Dean is a part of the core four, like there's all these things. And uh, n- not to, I'm just going to say, you have to be one of the best ad libs ever. You know, I mean, outside of our like yeah. you, you, you nail it every time. Your tone, whatever you choose to say. I mean, just like like Chick always says, people have funny bones. You have funny bones. And I enjoy you so much in your contribution to the show over the years. Like 
I'm, I kind of fangirled out a little bit when I found out I was going to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jess. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, man. We're so happy we finally got to have you on. Yes. And you're always kind to the new people that are in the building. And if you're sitting at the front desk and you know nothing and you're all green, <laughs> you're still very kind. And yeah. um, it's well, nice to see like big names when you know their voices and they're still like nice to you and they're real people. Right. And like, oh, you learn amazing. a lot about karma and being nice to people generally mm-hmm. comes back to you. And I will say for a final thing, one of the best parts about being in the show, besides being around everybody, it's like a second family, is you never know who's coming. <laughs> Coming through that door, or who's mm-hmm. going to be on, or who? What, every day is the same. Every day is different. Every day is different. And you never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what I really love about this job. It's fun. Yeah. And I just want to say one quick thing about him being nice and talking to everybody. I don't know if you remember this. You when in June when I was in that little room over there, you came by and you go, "Hey, uh, this is a little mean, but I'm going to give it to you. I think you like it." And you gave me an email. And it was just <laughs> it was a letter from this guy, and it said, "At first, I thought Willie coming on the show was a blatant display of nepotism, but." Turns out he's actually pretty funny. <laughs> you were like, I, I usually don't give you these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Cool. Uh, yeah, if you like the show, review, subscribe. We appreciate it. It helps us out. This is Bits and Pieces. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Yeah. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 